Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jaron Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. You know who might have some doubts about the sincerity of our intolerance for losing? Of our total focus on winning? If we really prioritized winning, if winning really is all that matters, why do we reward losing? Why would we condemn Lawrence to a future with the New York Jets? Just about everywhere except America, losing in sports is punished. It's called relegation. If you're that bad, you don't get the opportunity to acquire the best young players coming into the sport. No, you get bumped down to a lesser league. And if you fail there, you get bumped down again until you hit rock bottom. But what about competitive balance? Competitive balance? Who cares? If we really cared about competitive balance the way we say we care about winning, they would disqualify, disbar anyone who has anything to do with running the Jets. <laughs> so that was Jeremy Schaap. Uh, oh, yeah. In fairness to him, a couple weeks ago, I uh, had that taken. He said he said this many a time. You're so, so soft. I, and I don't know that. Soft. Uh, but when he said, first it was Chris Mortensen who said take away the pick because there was he misinterpreted the way a Jaguars the Jaguars handle tweeted something to a fan back in the summer that was brought up with a Trevor Lawrence jersey. So mm. there was kind of a mix up there and then Mortensen's like, take away the pick and quite yeah. frankly I had this in my mind that I'm not sure if Mortensen said take away the pick because it's Jacksonville or he thinks they did Tom Coughlin wrong mm. and he's buddies with Coughlin. So I, I actually had that go through my through my mind. Um but then on top of that, Jeremy Schapp from ESPN had this kind of thought and said the same thing. Yeah, why are we rewarding? They need to change the draft system. Uh, the worst team shouldn't get the top pick. Why should they they send uh, Trevor Lawrence and guys like that into purgatory, if you will? And and so I obviously clapped back, and everybody did. It was a wild exchange last night on, on the national media. And <laughs> And, and now, in fa- also in fairness, I think you have to point I out. I can't believe you said clap back in a sentence. That's awesome. Uh, I'm happy. Rich Eisen, a guy who's a New York Jets fan, actually wished the Jaguars fans luck and said you're going to have a nice run and a great run with Trevor Lawrence because he was obviously rooting for Lawrence to the Jets. Because why wouldn't you? That's the only logical thing to do right now if you're in sports media. But keep going. So there are some folks, I guess, is my point, that uh, that said good things about the Jags. Do the, does the national media... Have they always felt this way? Like, I do not remember this conversation, maybe until oh. the last couple of weeks. I do not remember it around Joe Burrow last year. Was I just not as close to it? Does, do, I do not remember it around Andrew Luck. And I feel like we were highly in tune with that whole Andrew Luck conversation. Is this a new thing from the national media? Is this an, it, because Schaap isn't the only one that has kind of suggested this, by the way. Uh, and, and heck, even Gene Fernet locally last week wrote an article that, to prevent tanking, you should, you know, maybe do more of a lottery system type thing like the NBA does, um, which, by the way, not this year, Gene, not this year, uh, which, is, of course, won't happen. So is it us that has a complex that every time a national person says something in any kind of way, shape or form negative about Jacksonville or does the national media really root kind of against Jacksonville? First of all, shout out to Eugene Fernet because he retweeted me yesterday, man. He never tweets anybody, so I felt honored, number one. Good for you. What up, Gene? I'm just kidding, man. I don't care about that. But anyway, so Jeremy Schapp, listen, I'm going to come at this in two different ways, two different angles, if you will. 
First of all, I'm going for Jeremy Shep. All right, Jeremy Shep. And this is kind of a Gene Burnett thing, too. You guys want, like, a draft lottery system. You don't think that Jacksonville has earned the first pick because, well, you think they're, they tanked. Now, whether that's true or not, whether, like, listen, the players didn't tank. The players weren't in on it. Now, whether they put, you know, the coach put themselves in positions to lose games, that's another debate. But at the end of the day, you can't have a tanking scenario, and that's going to work in the NFL because players are trying to fight for their jobs. Players are trying to put food on the table. And if you want to do a draft lottery, that's going to be an absolute nightmare. You know what makes the NBA great? Playoff time. But what are the NBA's ratings during the regular season? Mm. Probably not that great, right? What are the NFL's ratings through the entire year? Great. From I'm talking from opening, you know, from the opening night until the Super Bowl, the ratings are pretty, you know, consistent of being really good, right? Monday night football, Thursday night football. And keep in mind, they have absolutely saturated the market now too. We we had a football game on every single day of the week this year, I think first time in NFL history. My point though is why is that? Parody. The reason why we have the draft system the way it's set up right now is because of parity. Because every Sunday that you tune in or every Monday night that you tune in, there's an opportunity that the underdog could win. How many times do we tune in to watch the L.A. Lakers play, I don't know, who's a really bad team right now in the NBA? I was going to say the Knicks, but they're actually doing well. Um, you didn't have to bring that up. Sorry, man. But g- give me a bad team in the NBA. Sure, the Warriors. They're the, horrible right now. Warriors, all right. Well, <laughs> You know what I'm trying to say, though? A small yeah, market team. Bad team. Yeah, like, well, Maybe the Grizzly. Well, I don't know, man. That's fine. Orlando's been bad. Yeah, I mean, exactly. But we don't tune in to watch, well, LeBron's taking on, I don't know, some guy from Orlando. Like, we don't tune in to watch those games. But we tune in to watch the NFL games because of parity. So, no, you're not going to take parity away, and you're not going to say, well, the top five teams now are in the draft lottery. No, that's not how it works. End of story. Now, the other side of it, and this is more of the passionate side, it's more of the emotional side. Last year when I was complaining because every single Jaguars draft pick went to commercial, what'd you call me? You called me soft. soft. And that's fine. But what was I trying to say, though? And I remember I went on a giant rant last year over the same thing. The national media thinks the Jacksonville Jaguars are a joke. Now, whether that's self-inflicted or that's just their thought process, so be it. But when you had the London talks, when you have two games in London, when Tom Coughlin's saying for 100% participation, when you lost Jalen Ramsey, when Jalen Ramsey had his back issues, when Yannick Ngakwe went out to the owner's son, when you lost Yannick Ngakwe, like this has been piling up year after year after year. And the national media sees the Jacksonville Jaguars as that kid in high school that you want to poke fun of. Why? Because it's easy. Why? Because we're small and it's easy. Then when all of a sudden something great happens in the city of Jacksonville and all of a sudden maybe we're not going to be a joke anymore, what does the national media want to do? Well, Jacksonville sucks to live in. Yada, yada. No, man. All right, you're just upset now because oh, finally we have a means to justify what we've been going through. Now maybe we can finally start winning some games and have one great season besides 2017. That's where we're at right now. Like, listen, it's probably been self-afflicted. Like, this franchise has been the butt of all jokes. And I, you know what? I get it, and I can't be mad at that. But then don't be mad because now we're trying to finally get our shine on a little bit. Now we're trying to finally get a little groove in our step, and now you're mad at us. You can't do that either. Yeah, listen, I mean, I think um, I think there's a bit of that. I, I think, listen, the, the, those folks are L.A., New York, Chicago. I mean, that's, that's big city to them. Um, and this is small town to them. Uh, there is that there's that 
pompous nature to it, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that's I think that's true. I think there's some truth to it. I think this situation's interesting where people are saying, hey, the draft isn't built the right way. Like, that's not the way it should be. And I thought a lot about this yesterday, and I'm like, I think you're dead wrong. Like, I, I don't think that's right at all. Because I'm going to tell you the playoff teams, okay, This right now. The Chiefs, the Steelers, okay, those teams are have been in it and are good. The Bills, the Bills had been perennially bad for a long time. What did they do? They got higher draft picks and they got a quarterback and they made changes and they probably had more draft picks that we're not even going to mention because of the order of the draft. And now they have the second best record in the AFC. Mm-hmm. The Tennessee Titans, same thing. They've turned it around. Now, I don't know if it's because of the high draft or not. The Miami Dolphins, they have high draft picks last year. They had money to spend. Similar situation to Jags in and they're in the playoffs. So, I'm telling you three playoff teams in the AFC alone that over the last 20 years had not been. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't have the system in place that you have, probably wouldn't be. They Mm -hmm. probably, how are you supposed to get better in this system if you don't draft blue chip players and do it correctly, which often comes at the top end of the draft? Instead, Shap and others, they want to reward the Chiefs, the Steelers. They want the Patriots to pick the next quarter. They want the Patriots to have Trevor Lawrence after having Tom Brady for 20 years. I mean, that's that's foolish. By the way, I'll throw Cleveland in here who's in a playoff run right now. They had Baker Mayfield. They changed their organization and uh, probably can do the same in the NFC, NFC as well. So because the Rams are a prime um, candidate for it. So I'm giving you half the playoff teams that because the way the draft is set has been able to jump in the fray. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about relegation. Relegation is an interesting concept in the Premier League and in soccer. And obviously, Fulham has been heavily involved with that. Fulham's just trying to get in the Premier League. Like they don't have no, they can't win the Premier League. It might take five years to build up to catch some of the top teams in the Premier League. The way I understand it, you know, that's relegation is an interesting concept. If you're that bad, you go somewhere else. Well, in the NFL, there's nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. First of all, and Secondly, you still even once you get in, if you're in the bottom of the Premier League, you really don't have a chance. It seems like it might take three, four, five, six years to to build something to to get up with the big boys in but, the Premier League. So no, that idea listen. is is goofy. Yeah, and this is Jeremy Shap, right? That's saying this. Yeah, well, it's not the it's not the only one. I, I'm, I'm why, most recently at Shap. Why? I mean, is this like I get it? You're at the top of your game. You're on ESPN. He's, he's on outside the lines, right? Yeah. That's a, yeah, so that's a big show, and I get it. you, like, you got to come up with narratives to get people riled up. We're riled up right now in the city of Jacksonville. I understand all that. But how are you going to compare the game of football here to the game of football over there in the Premier League? Yeah, is, is there a salary cap in the Premier League? Last time I checked, guys are making 200, 300 million, okay? Yeah. That's not how it goes down in the NFL, right? So it's not even the same ball. You aren't even in the same realm right now. But, like, you spend your time and energy trying to break this down for us like it's going to be a thing. This will never be a thing. All right? Cause like, like I said before, you have to have parity to make NFL work, to make the NFL work. All right? Because guess what? Money is king in the NFL in case you didn't notice that already. And if you start losing parity and you start having teams to be like the Lakers, the Yankees, or whoever you want to put out there that are just winning nonstop. Now, the Patriots did do that. But keep in mind, the AFC, the NFC card was always changing. But my point is, if you keep having that, you're going to lose parity. 
And if you lose parity, you lose money. The NFL is driven off of money, and there's a salary cap here too. So stop trying to make it like the premier, you know, league over there. Well, you and, can argue it's like he's trying to make it like the NBA, even. I mean, in terms of the lottery. But then why picks are you using or, the Premier League as an example? Well, that's it's stupid. Well, because he's mentioned relegation. Okay. I mean, so yeah, I mean, if, if trying to have a good radio topic here, though, if we we could just say it's stupid and be done. But he came up with an idea that's different. And by the way, other writers have. It's not just him. I mean, our own local writer here, Eugene Fredette, just. Came up with an idea that it should be more like the NBA. Be careful now. Be careful now, my dude. uh, Again, uh, this should it be more like the NBA? It's a fair. I mean, at least if someone's bringing it up, it's a fair conversation. I would say no is the point of that, though. Um, We haven't the Jets taught us that nobody is tanking. (laughs) Like what do you mean? The Jets just taught us the last two weeks that. People aren't tanking. No, for sure. So for there's sure. no reason to adapt the system and change a system just in case somebody Listen. is tanking it for the integrity or to just take care of the heavyweights in a league that is built for parity, nonetheless. That's why it, it – here's what I used. I used the example of this. Why would we want to build a structure around maybe the sport, league, whatever, that has it the most wrong? And the one that has it the most wrong is college football. College football can't figure out a postseason. And college football, quite frankly, enters a year where there are two to six teams that can win the national title. Hmm. So that's basically what you're asking. That's the problem with college football, in my opinion. There is no parity. Right now, we think Alabama and Clemson are the only teams that can even win the national title. If you want to go to the four teams, and I'll even give you a Texas A&M and maybe a Florida or Oklahoma, if you want to stretch it to six or seven, that's fine. But outside of that, nothing else. When the season started... There weren't going to be many more teams than that. When the season ends, there aren't many more teams than that. I can give you in the NFL right now with 14 teams making the playoffs that I could make the case for 10 different teams to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, but listen, though, it's no different, though, in college football that is the NFL because in college football, you can recruit the best guys every single year to go to your program. It's it's not like if the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl this year, they're getting the top draft pick next year. Well, that's like, the point of the shop thing, though. He wants that to happen. That's well, my not, point. Not necessarily like, that. To, I think he's saying that he wants – oh, so, yeah, that's what he wants. So. He yes, wants the Chiefs to, yes really? he says Trevor Lawrence should be the first. The team that finishes first should be rewarded with the top pick. See, I didn't know he said all of that. Yes. I, I thought it was like he wanted to get a lottery involved. Yes. Oh, no, okay. Oh, well, yeah, that's no, stupid. I'm mixing. Uh, Gene got the lottery thing involved okay. for, to prevent tanking. He me- so Jamie Schaff thinks re- that if you win the Super Bowl, you get the number one pick. That's essentially what he's saying. Oh, well, that's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean <laughs> That but- makes it like college football, right? Alabama just got, I think, like... 20 of the top 300 recruits. Yeah. Which means they're going to be very, 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 very good for the next however long. They already have the most money out there. They have the best facilities out there. They have the best coach out there. And now they're going to get the best players out there. That's the system in place. And nobody can catch up to them. Yet that's kind of what we're preaching on the national level to say, hey, let's change the draft system up because the worst team shouldn't get the better players coming out of college to make it even. Yeah. Listen, (laughs) I I mean – I can sit here and make fun of Jeremy Schapp all I want. Like, I was going to clap back on him like you said yesterday, but I'm just like, what, what's the point? Like, if I start going after every single media member, that means, like, listen, you know what they always say? Where if you're angry at somebody, that means that they have power over you. I don't even know who Jeremy Schapp is. Like, what's the dude from the um, I'll kick your coverage thing? I always see people retweeting him, talking smack about him. Um. Uh, yeah, Clay Travis. Yeah, him. Like, I'm glad that we couldn't remember his name. Well, I don't. I don't follow him, so I don't know. Well, no, but, that's kind of good. Yeah, like, yeah. He'd take offense to that. Oh well, it is what it is, man. But like, even him, like, he always says stupid stuff too to rile you up. But like, I don't get riled up. 
Yeah. I, like, you, you got Trevor Lawrence in town. Be happy. And listen, the national media, they're never going to respect you, okay? Like, watch this draft. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence will be the first pick taken, and there won't be any commercial breaks, things like that. But we'll see at pick number 15, 16, 17, one of the Jag- Jaguars pick second. We'll see then. It'll probably go to commercial, and there'll be more mocking things. Who wants to live in Jacksonville? That's fine. Like, I'd rather have that. Let's go to war. All right? Like, I'm ready for that. I've been ready for that. I've been trying to do this for the past two years when the Jaguars are on the clock and they go to commercial. But nobody wants to come with me. But now all of a sudden, Jeremy Shat from Outside the Lines. Mr. Mr. Outside the Lines. Like, is that even a – listen, I'll be honest with you, too. Outside the Lines as a kid growing up, boring. Okay, and I haven't watched it since. The sports reporters on Sunday and outside the lines, when that music played, I'm like, nah, there ain't ain't no dunks here. There ain't no highlights here. It's too much politics. Click, and we'll go to something else, okay? And I still feel that way. So no disrespect to Jeremy Smith, uh, whatever, Jeremy Sharp. What's his name? Shap. Shap, my bad, Shap. Uh, No disrespect there, man. But listen, we can go to war. Like, let's go. Like, what a time to be alive. What a time to to start talking smack on Twitter if you really want to. What a time because you know what? You're getting Trevor Lawrence, everybody, and the haters will come out. The haters will come out of the woodwork and let them come out, okay? Because at the end of the day, you got the top pick. Be happy, everybody. It only took 19 minutes of that segment to get get you going on it. There we go. That's what really I was trying to accomplish. Thank you. You're welcome. I was kind of wanting to see where you felt that way because I know you were a little, uh, you don't like the whole commercial thing. Do you no, think they'll I go to commercial before the Jags pick number one? No, I think we'll be all right there. No, it's not. Would the, that be the first listen, time ever? It's not the commercial that. Well, it's part of the commercial that bugs me. But what bugs me, and, and I, I ran about this last year. What bugs me is a disrespect, because when you don't show a Jaguars draft pick, that's disrespectful. Okay. Now, when you do it time and time and time again, and we can laugh about it, and, and I'll make jokes about it, I'll chase that cloud all day. But the fact of the matter is, when they do that time and time again. Disrespectful. Simple as that. It's disrespectful. So that's where I'm upset with it because it's, it's like people up, up the higher ups are laughing at you. I don't want to be laughed at, man. I don't want to be people pointing the fingers saying, oh, look at Jacksonville, back to commercial. Like, I take that seriously. I took it seriously when I got drafted, and I've taken it seriously ever since. I think people take it seriously as well. Here's the thing Trevor Lawrence is coming to Jacksonville, Lot J, downtown, whatever, stadium, whatever. Next five to ten years. That national media is going to come down and be like, whoa, what were we missing all this time in Jacksonville? Yeah. It'll happen. No, I hear you, It'll man. Happen. But at the end of the day, like, this is cool, though. Like, we're we're the up-and-coming band right now that nobody knows about, but five years down the road, everyone's talking about what us. Band? Yeah. Everyone's listening to us. I don't care who's any band you want to go with. Pick oh, it. so how would you give us No, because I asked the NBA question, and you, you baffled that one. You said the Magic. Well, you they're 3-0 the right now. You said the Knicks weren't an option. Because they're 2-1. Okay. Because yeah. three-game old because season. Because they killed they, 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 they like beat the, the Milwaukee they, Bucks. They come out strong. They're not going to win another game for a while. I forgot, what was I even talking about, what though? Band? I was ranting. Yeah, what band? So, you know, we're the cool band right now. that up-and-coming band that just launches on, like, uh, what was that one you were sharing with us a few months ago? That just uh, pushes stuff out, so digital, uh, social media, and Twitter, and everything else. Come on. Come on. Oh, what I was that no one? Idea. Yeah, you can't remember it. But at the end of the day, we are the cool band right now. All right? And everyone's like, oh, that's me. But at the end of the day, a couple years down the line, we'll be the cool band. And we'll be big. We'll be like Billie Eilish. Like, taking oh, over I was going to say Imagine Dragons. <laughs> Cool. shut up. No, man. Don't. Don't. 
<laughs> dump, you dump, your, said shut up. dump yourself, you man. I know, but I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Coos. But no, don't compare the Jacksonville Jaguars to Imagine Dragons, man. Okay? Jaguars fans, be proud. You're the cool kid right now. Even if they can't see it, it's all right, man. We're going to ride together. Like, be like the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, kind of. Chiefs are cool now. Chiefs are cool now. The Chiefs kinda are like cool. Kind of like Seattle. Yeah. Seattle, See, Seattle was cool, man. You don't, they were. The uniforms, the newest thing. Nobody had ever even heard of the Seattle Seahawks. It's a good point. Okay? Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. They, they forgot. They thought they moved to Oklahoma City with the Supersonics. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, That's yeah. the way they were treated. And now they're one of the top teams year in, year out. Yeah. The Jags can be the Seahawks. I thought they were on their way to being the Seahawks in 17. Yeah. But <laughs> Mr. Pico Boulevard says Billy Idol greater than Billy Eilish. <laughs> All right. White wedding. You got it. Sounds good. Uh, Urban Rebel Meyer. Yell, what a banger. Marvin Lewis. Jim Caldwell. Names being floated about. If the Jags fire Doug Marone, mm-hmm. you like any of those? Where's the GM conversation gone lately? It's all next on ESPN 6 9. Brent Martineau. They probably already have one. Cornholing. Austin Lane. <laughs> you can have a call from PR in a little bit here. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. You know, it's been tough. I mean, I think, I think we all know that. I think that it's, it's been tough. It's, you know, it's been tough, not necessarily from, you know, the people you're dealing with, you know, the, the players themselves. They, all the players have been, have been great. I mean, you know, they're, they're trying, they're doing their best. Um, and we're trying to do our best to put them in that position. It's just, um, it's just, it's just been tough when you don't get that production out of that position. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that go into it, but, you know, obviously I haven't, I haven't had that, um, I haven't really had a, an opportunity to, you know, to really have someone in that position that's that that can really, really, um, you know, I guess, you know, get a lot of things done. And that's not that's not the, that's not the, the player's fault. That is Doug Marone. Was he talking about the QBs there? Yeah. Okay. I was kind of <laughs> like, what's he talking about? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long season. I think you're tra- trying to basically say we got nothing at the QB position without saying nothing. We yeah. have nothing at the QB position. Yeah. Is that what you took away? He was saying a lot of like, yeah, it's been tough. The, the QB position's not great. It's not the people that are there's fault, but also we haven't been able to get that. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like Del Rio toward the end saying, well, it's not like we got the most talent on the – he basically is, he essentially said we don't have a lot of talent. Yeah. Um, that one felt good to hear too. <laughs> oh, yeah. that wound. Hey, yeah. uh, we know Indianapolis. We got it. Frank Reich says they might put the 425 game. I'm sorry, the one o'clock game of the Titans Texans on the scoreboard before the Jacksonville Indy game. Okay. So the Colts know where they stand. It's interesting. The Colts are on the outside of the playoffs looking in right now. It was a horrendous loss for them yesterday. Yeah. But if the Texans beat the Titans, which I would say is unlikely, mm-hmm. then obviously an Indy win gives them the division. Now, Indy can still get in depending on what else goes on with other teams like Miami. They play at one. Cleveland plays at one. And who else is that? Oh, the Ravens play at one. So really, actually, 
the Colts will know exactly what's up by 425. If one of those teams lose, loses, the Dolphins, the Titans, the Browns, or the Ravens, just one of them, mm-hmm. a win by Indy gets them in the playoffs, essentially. Can I ask you a question? Why is the Colts-Jaguars game flexed to the 4 o'clock slot? Because that makes zero sense to me. Well, it, it actually, as I'm going through this and seeing this, it really makes zero sense to me that all those games are going to be seen at 1 o'clock, but the Indy game's at 425. Correct. So I would... Now, wait a minute. Titans games. He and Chris Bauer discussed what to put the Titans text game on scoreboard also 425. Oh, I see. I, I misinterpreted that. Oh, so that. it's the Titans game so at the, the same Titans time. Titans game is 425. Okay, my oh, okay. bad. My bad. Okay. No, because like, yeah, the way it sounded, it was like, okay, so yeah, the yeah, Colts yeah. are going to wait and see what happens, and if the Titans, you know, blow it or whatever, you know, it's just, I got it. I see. Um, that's interesting. It's like, so So here's the tweet. The tweet says, Colts obviously have no results of 1 o'clock games before 425 kickoff. He and Chris Ballard, meaning Frank Reich and Chris Ballard, have discussed whether to put the Titans-Texas game, Texans game, on the scoreboard also at 425. It's a horrible idea. So they're going to put the game potentially in the stadium so everybody can see it while the Jags and Colts are playing. It's a horrible idea. Horrible. Why? Because I've been through this before. My rookie year, 2010, Yeah, we were one game away from going to the playoffs. And if I recall, we were playing in Houston. We had to win that game, and then I think I think Indianapolis had to lose, or maybe Tennessee had to lose, one of those teams or whatever, all right? And I remember being on the sidelines or losing to Houston, and Coach Dario kept on going, you guys are blowing it. Like, you know, the, the Titans are winning, or whatever had to happen was happening on the other side you know, of the, oh, of the he country. Oh, he mentioned it. He, oh, he mentioned it nonstop. And our coaches mentioned it nonstop. Players wow, mentioned it nonstop. So, like, all of a sudden, our heads are whatever with the Colts-Titans t- uh, game, and we're playing against the Texans right now getting curb stopped. So I distinctly remember thinking, like, why are we so focused on what's going on over there right now? we got to win this game. Like, let the chips fall where they may, but we're focused on something else right now. And I remember in that game, because that was a game we probably could have won as well, but I just remember, like, the whole team dynamic, uh, the whole team morale was not focused on the task at hand. We were focused on what was transpiring away from us. Okay, now, it, okay, so bring us back. To, I want to do this again because so that was the year. It was 2010. 2010. You guys, you were eight and five, then you're eight and six, mm-hmm. then you're eight and seven, and I think still have a chance in the final week. This would have been, or do you think it would have been the the earlier the week 16? I'm pretty sure it was the last week of the season. Okay, yeah, because it was in Houston. Because I had to I had to take a couple reps at middle linebacker, which was crazy. Really? Yeah. You guys were depleted. We were trying something different for whatever reason. Stop Arian Foster. No, seriously. Like There was like a, a whole thing that we're trying to implement the last week of the season. Something surprising. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go back to the Jacksonville Jaguars 2010 schedule. And Houston was the last game. Ooh, nailed it. You're right. Okay, so this is a 4-15 game. Yeah. Which I don't know if they flexed. Yeah, they probably did flex back then. Yeah. For this purpose. And it's... You end up losing 34 to 17. I want to see how did that game go. I kind of forget. Wasn't close. Uh, even early on, Texans jumped out. No, 10 nothing. Texans led. Yeah. And then 17 17. And then 20 to 17 at halftime. Okay, so it was close. So then. you guys knew what was going on. All right. But there was another game. And, and so Del Rio it- is on, the, and the coaching staff's on the sideline basically saying, hey, if we win this game, that other team is I'll never taking forget. care of business. Let's go. No, what, what, I, like, what sticks out to my mind, I'll never forget. And it must have been like when they went up like 10 or something or 14 on us. 
and the coaching staff was literally saying, you guys are blowing your opportunity. You guys are blowing it. You had a chance, you're blowing it right now. Like, I, I remember, like, everyone saying that. And I'm just thinking, like, okay. Like, I mean, that's great that they're winning right now, but we got to do our stuff. I can't so. fix this. But I can't remember, like, oh, what by the, the way. So here it is. It's it, Indy, is it Tennessee, was beating, Indy. Indy beat Tennessee 23-20. to 20. And So if that's the game that had an impact. So if Tennessee would have won, I think that would have helped us out, if I remember correctly. Okay. Yeah. And, and just so you know, in that game, so here's the deal. So to reference it, yeah. it was 13-6 to 6 at halftime. Tennessee's win, uh, losing. Yeah. But they come out in the second half, and it's 13-13, then it's 20-20. to 20. So, Okay, so it's tied then. So it's tied. They're never up. So they're like right okay. there. And okay. then Venetieri kicked a winning field goal in the final moments. But, you know, I don't remember it. That detail. Oh, I remember it. Man. So basically, if Tennessee had won that game, you guys really would have blown the opportunity to get in the playoffs yeah. because you lost in the final week. If Tennessee would have won that game and we would have beat Houston, we're going to the playoffs. Wow. <laughs> and but, so it was that, that's an interesting case of to, scoreboard watching. But though. I'm saying to bring it all back now, full circle. That's you would why say, I, oh, Frank, there's, Frank, there is do no way. There's no way. And even if you're a coach, you don't mention it. Dude, if it's on the scoreboard and you're watching that, like, I need 100% focus on the field. I don't need scoreboard watching if I'm a coach. Yeah, and the, both those games decision. started in the, in the 4 o'clock window. And and just to add to that, uh, well, I guess it's a little different this year. At least the crowd, let's just say you they did that. And and Houston goes on top 17-3. to three. Yeah. Well, the crowd would probably erupt. But in a pandemic, the crowd's not going to erupt the way it would erupt yeah. with the scoreboard watching going on. Because you're at least going to see the out-of-town scores. Yeah, yeah. You know, you might not. But they're talking about putting the actual game yeah. on in the stadium. Yeah. Wild. Well, and here's and then, the, by the way, that also might say a little something how worried they are about beating the Jags. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. really. And, and here's <laughs> the most messed up part of that whole thing. So I believe that year in 2010, the Texans, they would finish 9-7. and seven. So uh, I don't think they were going to go either. I don't think. Now, maybe they did, but I'm pretty sure they had nothing to play for. The I'll tell you what they finished. I'm right here. Uh, six and ten. Oh, yeah. So okay, I'm sorry. So I was way off. They yeah, so were they, actually finished last in the division. So, the yeah. crazy thing is, like, the Colts so, were ten-point favorites in that game. But um, and, and Okay, the Titans were six and ten as well. So here's the crazy part, though, about that whole thing. So when coaches are telling us, you guys are blowing it, you're blowing the opportunity, we had no idea because they weren't playing that on the scoreboard. And the way Houston was set up at the time, like they didn't have other scores of the games. So we had no idea what that score was. And somehow the coaches knew. So we're like, where's the TV at right now? Like, where are you seeing this? I didn't know. It's like it's like when the pilot on the plane knows the score and shares it with everybody exactly. else. Like, How did he get that? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they so had we, radioed up to the oh, press box. I'm sure, yeah. Uh, that is wild. I did not realize that. And and you almost wonder, even in your situation, where you're sitting there thinking, oh, wow, Tennessee's winning 10. So they're trying it almost as a bit of motivation. Yeah. It might, the scoreboard might not even have said that. Yeah, yeah, might have yeah. been tied, right? Yeah. Or it might have been. But they're kind of saying, hey, let's get going, man. We control this. We have to at least do our part. Mm-hmm. And that's how desperate they were at the time to get in, uh, which is really one of the most fascinating situations in Jags history. Hasn't been a lot like that. Uh, there's been some. But most recently was that year, eight and five, everything in front of you, and then uh oh, uh oh, and then uh oh, to yeah. finish off the season. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, listen, um, and I'm not trying to tell people how to coach because listen, they're in a position for the reason, and I'm doing the radio show for a reason. But if I'm a head coach, though, there there is no way that that game is being played, and I'm not even going to talk about it because I'm telling you right now, like when you walk on that field, you know what's at stake. There's already a part of you that's like, well, I wonder what's happening in this game. 
I wonder what's happening in this game. Yeah, and then yeah. and then when you keep, you know, feeding into that kind of narrative, it's a distraction. And if I'm a head coach and then the game's on the line, I, I can't have distractions, so I don't play the game. Yeah, and uh that's that's interesting. That's a good way to look at it and uh, it, it, it's kind of we had that situation yesterday, by the way, here in Jacksonville, yeah, in yeah, a different yeah. way. <laughs> that's the weirdest part about it. I so I was I was at a bar. Yeah, that's right. You, and we well, yeah, I sent you the video. Yeah, that, that was great video, by the way. But there was never a, been so flattered in my life. <laughs> there was a well, I, I had to after I saw you post that criticism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, not everybody liked the song. <laughs> <laughs> but um. We were there, and I guess on the one corner in the back area, on the outside back spot of it, there was a bunch of Steelers fans. So we would hear a cheer, and I didn't know if it was for the Jets game, the Steelers game, or the Bears doing something good in the Jags game. True, yeah. It was all over the place. That's wild. I mean, that's just kind of the the way it was. Uh, I do have to reference something. You said you didn't like the sports reporters, uh, Jeremy Schapp. I'd say as a guy that's getting into the business, sports reporters back in the day, like when I was a kid, well, I love that show. See, now it, that's, it, what, that's why we're different. I, I know. That's that's why we're different, I was man. thinking the same thing. I, I like, do we that. were so different. Oh yeah. And you would flip that off because it wasn't highlights it was anymore in Sports Center. Yeah. But I love that show back in the day. Not not the newest, you know, wave of it, but the back in the day See, one. To, to me, and listen, I'm not saying I don't like sports reporters on Jeremy's shop. Like I, I'm not saying him. No, yeah, yeah, I get, yeah. I get. But I'm saying the show. I know. It, it was like the 60 minutes of sports. <laughs> It was. Yeah, yeah, you, you know, you're like, it my was. clock comes on, it's like, and it's ticking. Yeah. Like, with that, I forgot who the, 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 the main guy was, but he's like, I'm so-and-so, and this is the sports reporters, yeah, and they're all sitting around in a circle. No, man. Show me the highlights. Uh, Come on, let's Luka go. on there a lot. Yeah, Mitch Album did, on there. What did Griffey do that? Like, I don't care what you guys got to take on about some political <laughs> stuff. Uh, Horrible. Horrible show. Oh, you cooked a prime rib over the weekend, huh? Yeah, was it man. Good? You better. No, it took three hours. Okay. Well, it's going to well, take a little bit. I told my wife it's going to take an hour 30, right? So I started up at probably 6 o'clock. My wife's like, all right, can we eat at 7.30, 8 o'clock? Babe, I got you, no problem. Well, 9.30. <laughs> uh, hope you guys can sleep with some meat sweats tonight because I kind of, you know, fudged the numbers a little bit, but it's all good. Turned out fantastic, though. There you go. Uh, plenty of leftovers at whatever nothing time like eating, you want. Hey, nothing like eating prime at 9.30 at night. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of normal in our house. Yeah, <laughs> but I get why do, it's man. different than others. Yeah. <laughs> cool. It was a good Christmas, man. It was, yeah. Good. Did uh, she like the gift? She did like the gift. I was worried it wasn't going to show up, so I pulled an Audible and bought a different gift, and then it showed oh, wow. up, so then she got two gifts. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong How with that. that. Nothing wrong with that at all. What was a big winner? How was your Christmas? We had a good Christmas, man. Good. Yeah, did you good. get some good gifts? Anything I got cool? like nothing. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, it just happens. Yeah, what are you going to do? Um, but everybody was happy. So hopefully everybody else had a nice well, Christmas, too. I saw you, did you get a new vehicle down there for Christmas? No, I had to take Steph's. Mine's in the, uh, or going to the shop tomorrow. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Never mind then. I was like, all right, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. perk up a little bit when you drove in nah, there. No, no, no. I got um, you. Had the Cadillac XT6. I'm cruising around town. At, see? Fields Auto Group. Think sweet. FieldsAutoGroup.com. Thanks for teeing me up. You're welcome. Uh, all right. Uh, we come back. I do want to talk about the coaches. Meyer, Caldwell. Uh, not Dave, Jim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Marvin Lewis. <laughs> Is that the way the Jags are going to go? Previous head coaching experience? Do you like that idea? Mm, I'm lukewarm on him. I'll tell you why. I've been doing some homework. I can't wait. All right. That's next on ESPN 690. You know, it's, you know, with the season going the way it has, there's going to be that talk of, um, you know, the number one pick or, you know, anything you can imagine. So um, for me, I've just been doing a good job of tuning it out and just going to work every week. And really that goes for our whole squad. I feel like our 
all the guys in the locker room have really put their heads down and go and uh, went to work every single week so far. And um, again, we're just looking to you know finish it out against a good Pats team. That's uh, Josh Allen. I'm assuming. Oh no, wait, Pats team. That was the Bills Patriots. It's not Josh Allen. It's, uh, a, it's a Jets player. Oh, that was a Jets player. I was Sam Darnold. I got there just. I got there just as fast, and a little faster than you did. <laughs> yeah. I thought they were talking. It's Pats Bills tonight, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's what they, yeah. they play. Pats next week. So they play. Yeah. yeah. Jets play. Um. Urban Meyer. Mm. You see the articles this week about Urban Meyer. I, I mean, how could you not? They've basically been forced down my throat, so I have. <laughs> Everywhere you turn, it's Urban Meyer. Yeah, and I, that's interesting, right? Let's just take it from this vantage point. No offense to you know Urban Meyer or anything. But. Let's take it from this vantage point. Let's take it. You got Trevor Lawrence already. Yeah. And Urban Meyer. <laughs> you want you want people to talk about you? Mm. I, again, I'm not saying that win your games. I'm mm. don't, you got to come with me here, okay? No, don't, don't be not, like, no, I want to win games. I, I, okay. I'm just saying, just from the like, whoa, yeah, Urban and, and Trevor Lawrence. What's the goal here? Are, are we trying to win a Super Bowl? Or are we trying to trend on Twitter? Well, baby steps. There's baby steps. There's, are we going to trend on Twitter first? Okay, we're trying to trend on Twitter first. <laughs> Jaguars trending on Twitter. Fantastic. Uh, listen, okay. Trevor Lawrence, you think, is going to win a lot of games. He has. Urban Meyer's won a ton of games everywhere he's been. Correct. So we can talk about him in that sense. What I'm, what I'm trying to escape from is the idea of whether you want him or not right now. Yeah. I'm just saying, if you if you take it. At that, first of all, both win games. They've proven that. So if you want that, if you're talking about a winner or not, it's hard for me to find a better winner that's out there than Urban Meyer as a coach and Trevor Lawrence as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So that part, check the box. But I'm also just saying, wow, I mean, look at the fever in, in Jacksonville right now about Trevor Lawrence. I don't think there would be that kind of 95% approval rating over Urban Meyer. In fact, I think it would be very polarizing. But it would be the talk of not only the town, but the NFL and football in general that Urban Meyer is back in. That's really my point. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Urban Meyer is a big name. Don't get me wrong, right? And I'm not saying he's going to be a bad coach either. Maybe he might be the best candidate in that NFL. I'm not, you know, I'm not denying that whatsoever. But I want to play devil's advocate real quick with Urban Meyer. All right. In terms of success, he's had everywhere that he's went. Not going to take that away from you. But my question to you is, how has his quarterback success translated to the NFL? Not very good. And there's probably three guys that stick out to you, right? There's going to be Tim Tebow. Yep. Alex Smith was the first pick of the draft. Now, Alex Smith had a nice little career. Was and Once again, no disrespect to Alex Smith, but should he be taken as a top pick overall? Well, Aaron Rodgers says what's up, okay? And then who would the other guy be, would you say? Um, I mean, did he have oh, yeah, Ohio Haskins. State? Haskins? We know how that panned <laughs> yeah. out. And then did he have Barrett or not? Barrett was before him, I believe. Yeah, he would have had yeah, okay. nothing in the NFL. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's had other That's quarterbacks. But, yeah, yeah, but keep I mean, in mind, he's an offensive-minded guy, Brent. Yeah, I, here's the thing about that part, though. Has the NFL and college football ever been merged closer together? Ever. Probably not. I mean, Haskins was part of that merge. Well, I'm just just saying the style of college football versus the style of the NFL, like where Tim Tebow and Alex Smith worked so well in college, and then Tebow doesn't work as well in the NFL. That's 10 years ago. Well, right now, that college quarterback 
is running a college system almost in the NFL. Okay. They weren't doing that before. Sure. So that that's why I wonder if the success of Urban Meyer in that offense is like perfect timing. Mm-hmm. Because again, five years ago people weren't doing it. Mm-hmm. But now Cliff Kingsbury's doing it. And other people you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's entered the NFL. And that's why we're seeing a lot of success, I think, from quarterbacks, <laughs> whether it's Lamar Jackson, whether it's Kyla Murray, whether it's whoever, uh just I think there's various reasons for their success. Once their ability, um, but also seven on seven camps. I think there are no such thing as uh it's it's harder to find bad bad quarterbacks, although Haskins might be an example of one. Yeah. Um, so I think it's harder to find absolute bust mix misses mm-hmm. in, in the NFL now because quarterback position is played at such a high level at every level um, compared to the last 20 years. But the game, the scheme, is as close to the college game as it's ever been. Sure. Right. And mm-hmm. so I think that is intriguing for Meyer to come in at this stage help create that offense, mm-hmm. you know, Utah and Florida and, and, and everywhere else. And now it's okay to run some of that stuff in the NFL. If he had entered the NFL in 2010 with Tebow say, it wasn't okay at the time to run that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No, yeah, my point that I'm trying to make, though, is, listen, we've already established that Trevor Lawrence could be a once-in-a-generational type talent. And I want to make sure that we get the right head coach that can work with him and bring out his best. Now, Urban Meyer, every single college he was at, brought the best of his quarterbacks. Now, my only point was that, that 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 best didn't translate to the next level. Not to say he can't do it, Trevor Lawrence. I'm just saying at the college level, his resume is saying we can do it to the NFL. Yeah, well, here's the thing. The Urban Meyer thing is interesting because a lot of people don't like Urban. Okay, I, I, I honestly don't understand why Gator fan doesn't like Urban more. I understand he left them at the altar and there was all that talk about yeah, it. Yeah, it, it, it's based off emotion more than anything. I, I get it, but now so many years have passed. The guy brought you two national titles. If you're a Gator fan, you should like Urban Meyer than you do. I'm just telling you that. I mean, if the goal is to win national titles, then he did it twice. Uh, he was phenomenal in that respect. There were a lot of other things going on, I understand. But I never, have never, and I've said this for the last decade, never understand why Gator fan doesn't like Urban more than they do. I, I, I understand the initial emotion and haste about it, but that's gone. Especially now that they're better again, I think that probably alleviates some of that. I've got a reason why I think I would have a red flag on Urban more than anything else. Okay. And people are going to say longevity about Urban Meyer. He's going to leave in three or four years. Well, there are a couple of other candidates out there that what I would say, well, aren't they going to leave in three or four years too? So we'll talk about that next. Uh, I've got a different reason why I'd stay away from Urban Meyer, perhaps. It's next on ESPN 690.